0: So tonight I'm supposed to give a homily. That means short sermon. I'll do my best. I have 47 minutes until Christmas. No, but in seriousness, um, there are four things that I want to speak about just briefly. Um, And I want to begin by ending Advent, really. Uh, For four weeks we've been thinking about and anticipating this moment. So we've been in a season of Advent, which is a season of expectation. We've talked about it for a number of weeks. And there are all kinds of examples that I could give of waiting in expectation, longing for something to come, something new, something the thing that's next, right? So uh, a number of weeks ago, Not that long ago, actually two weeks ago, we were starting at the college uh, finals week or approaching finals week, and the students were living in expectation for the semester to end to be able to go home. The professors as well want to get that grading done. Mm -hmm. We may remember um, many, many years ago when we were dating, we had somebody special that we wanted to spend an evening with, and we would... Wait in expectation for that evening date right? Or perhaps now it is a a visit for loved ones My brother and sister-in-law and their family are driving in tomorrow And we've been planning and waiting We're readying the house, right? We're excited to have them visit They haven't visited us here yet And so we're excited for this We're in expectation And yet this whole time that we're in expectation To be quite honest with you It's dark outside. It's one of the things I love about this service and this evening is that it comes at the end of a really long season, a long week, a long day. We've been planning and we've been preparing, haven't we? We've been readying ourselves for some things that are really valuable and meaningful and important and and some things that maybe are just because of tradition and they're fun to do on Christmas morning. Uh, One of the things that my family would do on Sunday morning would be to um, open presents from Santa Claus, right? So as a young boy, I would wait in expectation. We would watch Santa's flight on the TV. You know, somehow they knew where he was throughout the evening. And my brother and I would be racing to be the first one downstairs and see what he had brought us on uh, on Christmas morning. Right, we waited in this sort of expectation, the, but tonight we wait in the dark as well. And I, I stood outside before our service began in the dark, very purposefully, and, and faced to the west, where it was most dark. And it, it's uh, damp, and it's cold, it's gloomy—not as cold as it could be, but um, it's quiet. Do you hear that? There's an expectation there, isn't it? Waiting for the silence to be broken. The people of the first century were waiting in silence and in dark also. Isaiah tells us that there will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the later time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. There's some imagery here in Isaiah chapter nine that's meaningful for us, and it it kind of cuts against the moment for us in terms of waiting. And expecting. We're waiting and we're expecting. I think we find ourselves in this darkness. I, I just heard a story before we started our service of a family that lost the matriarch of the family tonight. Tonight, on Christmas Eve. Their family is being ripped apart right now. They're trying to understand how this happens. Zebulun and Naphtali were in darkness. How were they in darkness on this evening many years ago? They were in darkness because, well, after David's son, King David, that is, his son Solomon died. There was a a battle for who would be responsible for the nation of Israel. And Jeroboam, who was not his son, decided to take 10 tribes of Israel in the northern part of Israel And do their own thing Zebulun and Naphtali Two of those tribes Were part of that group That went off and did their own thing And as a result Jeroboam had to set up His own cultic worship system That had nothing to do With the Solomon's temple his um, Rehoboam's father's temple Right in Jerusalem Had nothing to do with that space He had golden calves that he set up And he d- developed this entire worship system That had nothing to do with Yahweh. And he drove them into darkness. So that a couple of hundreds years later. Tiglath-Pileser III in 733. From um, other parts of the world in the east. Rolled into town in the northern part of Israel. And subjugated those people. Moved them around and made them no longer their own people. Right? They lived in darkness because they chose not to follow King David. Not to listen to to the great king. And so they were in darkness. But Isaiah is prophesying about something that is no longer about darkness. He's giving us a glimpse. It's interesting for us to read this, I think, because... Well, we're looking backward in time. Isaiah was prophesying this and he was looking forward in time. And though, even, even though he's doing that, as a prophet, he's able to see what's coming. He writes it in the past as if it's already happened. And so I think that's a really cool connection for us in this regard. Because we can read this and say, it's already happened. It's already happened. So we wait in this expectation for a new thing, a new moment, just like the people of Israel do and did. When will God show up? When is he going to move on our behalf? When is he going to change the situation that we're in? They, they live in darkness. They're longing and discouraged. Longing for God to act. And all of a sudden, the heavens break open. Out of this darkness that's out there, black night. Out of that darkness, the heavens explode open. And an angel of the Lord appears and says, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angel of the Lord appears and says, Don't be afraid. The circumstances we're in right now cause us to be afraid. Terrified, in fact. Can I trust being in conversation with somebody inside of six feet without a mask? Can I trust a vaccine? Can I trust the government to give me good instructions? Can Right? We we live in this uncertainty and this fear, and we wait for God to act. And the angel says, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy. The angel says, I bring you victory. That's the idea. I bring you victory. Right? That's what's going on here. I'm going to share with you the gospel. Good news of great joy that will be not just for you, but for all people. Right. So Luke gets this correct. It will be for all people, just like Isaiah speaks about Galilee of the nations. How was Galilee of the nations? It wasn't except that Jesus came from Galilee and Jesus is in the line of David. And David is in the line of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And God had made promises to those men and said, especially to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, you will be a great nation and through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. How does that work itself out? Why? Because the heavens explode on this evening and the angel shows up and says, I bring you good news of great joy because tonight... This day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord is born. And this will be the sign for you he says to the shepherds the the lowly right they did the the lowest of the tasks they didn't have great resumes they didn't have a fantastic educational experience they didn't have great wealth probably the angel shows up with the shepherds and here's the sign you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger there's the news but it's not just one angel all of a sudden there was an angel with a multitude thousands of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased this one is a savior a deliverer the christ the messiah the lord a ruler isaiah gives a couple of other titles for him he's called wonderful counselor wonderful counselor somebody who is able to give wise instruction mighty god right another title for lord everlasting father uh, fatherly as in one who cares or one who is um, a beneficial protector is not making a Trinitarian statement there. And he says, Prince of peace. <clears throat> that is a just ruler. We have here a proclamation about the good news of Jesus, the eternal omnipotent son of God has just taken the form of a servant being born in the likeness of a man this one born of women born under the law to redeem those under the law this is the good news the curse is about to be broken God's peace will come because the prince of peace is at hand that's good news That's good news today because it's dark outside. And yet we still have this expectation, don't we, that something will happen? And so we look back in time and remember that God did indeed break into our world and our history. Uh, The ultimate experience of expectation for me was waiting for my children, each one, to be born watching my wife change over nine months and getting closer to that moment and having a doctor's appointment saying, let's have a baby this weekend. She was ready to have a baby. And it didn't come for two more weeks. I thought, this is horrible. (laughs) Every day we thought, let's have a baby. And it didn't come. And for two weeks we waited in this crazy expectation for... This child to show up. And when it showed up. What was our response? You have a girl. The doctor said. Right. I couldn't hold it in. This is amazing. Wow. What's the response that Isaiah speaks of? Verse 3. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you. As with joy at the harvest, they are glad when they divide the spoil. That is, what was wrong and didn't work is now fixed and will work. They will divide the spoil. Victory has come. That's the result. Abundance. Abundance. It's hinted at there in the opening Verses, there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish, like a woman in labor. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and Naphtali because of the Syrians. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The result is joy. Joy. And so tonight we can remember glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Because tonight, as Isaiah says in chapter nine, verse six, for to us, a child is born to us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Let me close with our collect for the evening because it perfectly ties these things together. O God, who makes us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your only son, Jesus Christ, grant that as we joyfully receive him as our redeemer, so we may with sure confidence behold him when he shall come to be our judge, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end amen they took your life they could not take your pra-